Thank you for listening to the Adult and Teen Challenge of the Upper Cumberland podcast. A message from Pastor Tim McLaughlin. If you have your Bibles, open up to 1 Samuel chapter 22, verse number 1. It says, David therefore departed from there and escaped to the cave of Adullam. So when his brothers and all his father's house heard it, they went down there to him. And everyone who was in distress, everyone who was in debt, and everyone who was discontented gathered to him. So he became captain over them, and there was about 400 men with him. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your promises, for the truth that comes from your word. And help us today, Lord, just to, uh, to look into this passage of Scripture, to glean from it, Father God, that we can apply it to our lives. Lord, everything that you'd have for us to, to look at, that we'd have eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to receive what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to us today. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I was reading this. I do a um, devotion I have for about 12 years now. I have read the Bible through every year. I use a chronological Bible. Um, every year I'll kind of switch it up. One year I'll use a, a, an English Standard. One year I'll use a New Living Translation. One year I'll use the New King James. And I just kind of swap it up. But it's a chronological Bible, so, so everything is in order. Uh, unlike our Bible that we read uh, daily, that most of you have in here, um, this Bible is chronological, and it breaks it down into 365 passages uh, of reading for your day. I was reading this passage of Scripture. Again, I've read it for 12 years, but sometimes you just, I love it when you read something and you're like, man, that was revelation. And you, you, you know, you're like, I've read it for the last 11 years. Why all of a sudden did this year, did it jump off the page? But God had something to show me. So as I was reading this passage of Scripture, uh, right here in 1 Samuel uh, chapter 22, God showed me some things. And first you need to understand, David was anointed to be king. But it wasn't his time yet. He had to wait for, for a certain appointed time for God to place him in that position of authority. Saul was still the king. But Saul knew that, that the presence of God had lifted up, up off of him and was now on David. And Saul was angry and he sought out to kill David. And so David had to leave his family, had to leave everything that he knew. He had to leave the comforts of home. And the Bible says that he ran and he went to this place, this cave, which is called Adullam. Now, I've read a lot of different commentaries. I've looked at a lot of different things. And a lot of people want to put words in there and say, well, this is, this is called the cave of, of refuge. That's not really what it was. It was a place of refuge. But that's not what Adullam means. Adullam actually means, if you go back and study, it means justice of the people. King David ran to the cave of Adullam. He ran to the place where it was called justice of the people. And the Bible says that all of these people came to David. Uh, for, first, his family came to him. They found out where he was at. And they left their home and they came to dwell in this cave. And then, then all these other people, it says 400 of them begin to join David in this cave. I got to studying a little bit about this cave of Adullam. And I thought, man, how in the world 400 people in a cave? You know, when I think about a cave, I think of a little you know, dark place that, that you go into and you got to crouch down and everything. But it says this cave of Adullam uh, was this huge place that when you first walked in, there would have been caverns that would have went down in. And there were rooms, there were caverns inside this cave that could have held as many as 5,000 people. The only thing that I could relate that to, I don't know how many of you have ever been up to Mammoth Cave in Kentucky, 
But when you go into Mammoth Cave, you walk into this little dark hole and it begins to, to ascend. And as you're ascending, it's dark and it's just, you know, a small place, not very big, maybe 12, 14 foot wide, 14 foot high. But when you get down to the bottom of it, it just expands into this huge room at the bottom of this cave. And you could literally, uh, if, you, if you've read anything or ever been to Mammoth Cave, they talk about how the people would go down there and they would stay during times of war. And even back when the uh, tuberculosis hit, they would take the people down there uh, for healing because of the moist air that was down into this cave. They would go and they would live and they would run hospitals out of this cave uh, there up at Mammoth Cave. So I got to thinking about this cave of Adul and how it was, it was a place of, of, yes, refuge, but it was a place of justice for these people. Well, why was it a place of justice? Well, the Bible tells us that it was people that were in distress. It was people that were in debt. It was people that were discontented that came to this cave, that came to David. You know, when we think about David, David is a type and shadow of the Lord Jesus Christ. See, God sent Jesus to be our refuge. God sent Jesus to, to, to be our justice for all of us who have have went astray. See, we all deserve death, but Jesus said, but I've come to give you life. See, we, we all deserve punishment, but He said, but I come to, to relieve you of all your punishment. He was on the cross and He said, it is finished. All of your sin, all of the things you've done, if you confess Him as Lord and Savior, He says, I, I now give justice to you. So we think about this cave and, and I think about what He talks about, this, this justice to the people. But this is what the church of Jesus Christ is supposed to be. The church is supposed to be a place of justice for the people. Then what happens is, is we become more about how big the building can be, how pretty the building can be. We, we care more about what's the preacher wearing, how, how powerful is the, the, the praise and worship leader. And we really forget about who the church was designed for because the church was designed for the people. It was supposed to be a place where the people could come. I've heard many refer to it as, as the church ought to be a hospital for those that are wounded. But I see so many of these churches that are, they've become country clubs. They've become places where people want and they want to have their membership and we don't think about it. We, we, we want to look down our nose. If the drug addict walks in the back door, we want to, you know, usher him off someplace where nobody sees because we need all the good looking people to sit up front because the, the TV cameras are going and we want to make sure that those are the people that are on the television when we put it on cable. But that's not what the church was ever created to be. This cave, this, this place of a duelum. It says that the, the people that were distressed, indebted, and disconnected came. And not only did they come, but they came for a purpose. God created them to be an army. You know, when you, when you start reading about this, it says that there were 400 mighty men. And if you read a little bit of the history of the Bible, and, and I'm going to share a little bit with you today, out of these 400 men, they, they were people that were, became legendary. Because they came to David and they came looking. First Chronicles chapter 12. Here we got David in 1 Samuel chapter 22 goes to the cave of Adullam. 1 Chronicles tells us in chapter 12 some of the people that came to David while he was in Adullam. 1 Chronicles 12 verse 8 says, Some Gadites joined David at the stronghold in the wilderness, mighty men of valor, men trained for battle, who would handle a shield and a spear, whose faces were like the faces of lions, and who were swift as gazelles in the mountains. Ezer the first... Obadiah the second, Eliab the third, Mishmanah the fourth, Jeremiah the fifth, Adel the sixth, Eliel the seventh, 
Johanna the eighth, Ilzabad the ninth, Jeremiah the tenth, and Machbenah the eleventh. Man, as I was reading this, now for some of you, you're like, well, that sounds all great, well and good. But as I was reading it, man, I just, and I just got excited, man. I started, my feet started tapping. I just got pumped up. And you're like, why? Well, it doesn't have nothing to do with you, but we've got 11 beds at Teen Challenge. He just named off 11 people. I believe the next great awakening, the next revival that's going to take place here in the United States, the next great thing that's going to lead people to repentance is going to take place for people that have come from places like Teen Challenge. It's the people that have been radically transformed and understand the power of the Holy Spirit that are going to rise up and that are going to lead the next great awakening. David said 400 people that were distressed, that were indebted, that were discontented, they came to him and they came, they were in an army, and David raised these people up and he took over the kingdom with these people that nobody else wanted anything to do with. Man, when I think about Teen Challenge and these people that are coming in, we've got worship leaders and we've got prophetesses and we've got ministers of the Gospel and we've got ladies that God has raised up. And it's the people that nobody wanted anything else to do with. God has brought them to Teen Challenge. They're going to rise up. They're going to go back and they're going to impact their family. They're going to impact their communities. They're going to impact the name of of Jesus Christ in their counties. And I believe that revival is going to take place. So these people came to David. They came to this cave of Adullam and they came seeking justice because nobody else wanted to do with them. They came to Teen Challenge. And they came to the church. And I believe this. The churches that are going to open their doors to these people are the ones that are going to lead the next great awakening. Why did they come to David? Why did they come to Teen Challenge? Why did they come to churches such as this? They come for three reasons. First, they came for protection. Secondly, they came for training. And third, they came for a cause. First, they came for protection from an enemy that is trying to destroy them. They came for training to become disciples for Christ. They came for a cause to be a soldier in the army of the Lord. But each one as they came had to make a choice. Each and every one that came to David made a choice. Each and every one that walks in this church has to make a choice. Each one of these ladies has to make a choice. I had to make a choice. The choice is that we lay down our past and we press on to our future. We have to lay down our past. I can't continue to look back. I can't continue to think about who I once was. I can't continue to carry around that dead person. I have to lay it down and I have to move forward. These men that came to David... To the cave of Adullam, they had to leave some things behind. They had to leave their families. They had to leave the the, the places they once knew. They had to leave those things. And they had to come forward accepting the future. First, the Bible says, were the distressed. The distressed, they have to move on into freedom. The word distressed literally means someone who is oppressed, particularly by an enemy. The word distressed literally means someone who is oppressed by an enemy. The persecuted came to David at Adullam's cave and he took them in. They will come to Teen Challenge oppressed and we take them in. They will come into this church if you will have them oppressed. Will you take them in? See, they come battling demons. They come battling their old man. They come battling drugs. They come battling alcohol. They come battling the things of this world. Will we open the door and let them in? You know, you would think it doesn't sound like much of a choice. I mean, who who wouldn't want to leave that old lifestyle and come into this? 
But you would be surprised how many people are out there and they, 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 they just don't understand why they can't leave the drugs. They can't leave the alcohol. They can't leave their, their homosexual lifestyle. They can't leave their adulterous relationships. They can't leave these things because nobody else has told them a better way. Because the church has become more concerned about being glorious than preaching glory. People are coming and they're searching. They want to be delivered from their bondage of oppression. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, It says, finally, brother, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. See, the first thing you need to understand when you leave your past and you come and you're one of these that have been struggling and distressed, in order to leave those things behind, the first thing you need to do is you need to begin to renew your mind. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. You have to start filling your life with new things, new thoughts, new ways, new standards, new priorities. What is your mind dwelling on? You need to write that down. What is my mind dwelling on? What are the things that I'm thinking about? What are the things that come out of my mouth? And how is my life benefiting from it? The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 and 5, it says, The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God through the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Bringing every thought. It didn't say every bad thought, did it? It says bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So we need to start changing our mind. And we'll start changing our thinking. And then we'll start leaving our past. But it all starts in our mind. We need to help these people that are distressed. See, if we remain idle, and if we continue to focus our desires on our old way of living, the old bondage will return. And the Bible tells us in Luke chapter 11, verse 23 and 24, that it will return seven times worse than what it was before. We've got to get to the point where we hate the oppression and we want to run to God for deliverance. We gotta hate the old lifestyle and we gotta be willing to run to God. We gotta be willing to run to the cave of Adullam. The second thing we need to look at is those that are indebted. See, they need to leave back some old things behind too. Those that are indebted have to come and they have to begin to trust the God of justice. They have to start trusting the God of justice. David had nothing to offer these men and women that came to him. He was living in a cave. Acts chapter 2, verse 44 and 45. Now all who believed and had all things in common sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. The Bible says in Romans 13, 8, it says, Owe no one anything except to love one another, for he who loves another has fulfilled the law. So we need to be more like the church in Acts. What was the church in Acts like? They were sold out for Jesus. Church, are we sold out for Jesus? Are we sold out for the things of God? And then you got the third group, which is the group that was disconnected. See, the group that was disconnected, they had to find rest in Jesus. See, they came to David because they were sick and tired of the status quo. See, they were sick and tired of living life the way that they used to live. They were sick and tired of living life the way that the television... Well, they didn't have TV back then, but people today... See, these people were discontented. They, they didn't want to continue to live the way that they were living. These ladies did not want to continue to live the way that they were living. 
The Bible says this in Jeremiah 29, 11. He says, you know the thoughts that I have towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. See, these men came to David because they were searching for a cause. Something worth fighting for. These ladies come and they're looking for something worth fighting for. You know, there are people that come into churches and you know they hop churches all the time. Go from this one to this one to this one. Now, I, I preach in a different church every Sunday, but I have a home church. I have a pastor. Every pastor needs to have a pastor. If you don't, something's a matter. But I have a pastor, and I have a home church in which I call my membership. Do I agree with everything that goes on at that home church? No. But if I go out and I leave that church to try to find a perfect church, I'm going to be searching the rest of my life because there are no perfect churches. They came to David and they said, David, what do you have to offer us? He said, dirt, cave, protection, discipleship. A cause worth fighting for. And it's called freedom. Every church ought to be an Adullam's cave. We ought to be full of people who have come because of their distress and their debt and their discontented. Teen Challenge and the church are for people seeking rest from the weary sin of the world. The Bible says in Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 30 says, Come to me, all you labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come to me, Jesus said. And I, you, you can't find rest in the world. You're not going to find rest in a man or in a woman. You're not going to find rest in money. You're not going to find rest in status quo. You'll find rest in the Lord. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4, beginning in verse 1, it says, Therefore, since a promise remains of entering His rest, let us fear, lest any of you seem to have come short for it. For indeed, the gospel was preached to us all, as well as to them. But the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. For we who have believed do enter that rest. How many of you believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ? You have entered into rest. David is in a cave. He's away from his family. He's away from the comforts of home. He's away from the eating the way that they used to eat. And he's with a bunch of strangers. And yet he penned Psalm 34. Psalm 34, verse 6 and 8 says, This poor man cried out and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts Him. I don't know where you're at today. I don't know what's going on in your life. I'm telling you, get out of your comfort zone and run to Adullam. Run to the place of justice. Jesus, come that we'd have life and have it more abundantly. The problem is society wants to put abundance on a dollar scale. Jesus says abundance is on a rest. It's on a peace. It's on a deliverance. It's on a cause for Christ. Scale. We need to run to a duelum. I think about these 400 men that, that ran to David, and, and the Bible says that they, that they became men of valor. Now, these are men that were escaping their old life. They had to leave things behind. They were, peop- they were people that nobody else wanted, but yet they came to David. And because they came to David, and David began to minister to them, David gave them a place of refuge. David gave them a place of peace. David gave them a place where they could be discipled. And then David gave them a cause. Listen to just a couple of the stories of some of these men. You'll find this in 1 Chronicles chapter 11. These men that came, that were in distress, that were indebted, that were discontented, 
These are the men that came to David. And this is what the Bible says about them. Verse 11. And it says, And this numbered among the mighty men whom David had, Jeshobim, the son of Hamanite, chief of the captains, he had lifted up his spear against 300 and killed, killed them one by one. Verse 20. It says, Aspashai, the, the brother of Joab, was chief of another three. And he lifted up his spear against 300 men and killed them and won a name among these. And then verse 22 is my all-time favorite. I love this guy. I've preached many messages about him. Verse 22 says, Benaniah was the son of Johadiah, the son of a valiant man from Kabzeel, who had done many deeds. He had killed two lion-like heroes of Moab. He also had gone down and killed a lion in the midst of the pit on a snowy day. He killed the Egyptian and a man of great height, five cubits tall. The Egyptian's hand was, was there was a spear like a weaver's beam. And he went down to him with a staff and wrestled the spear out of the Egyptian's hand and killed him with his own spear. And then you can read more about Benaniah, how he became captain of the guard, not only for David, but for Solomon as well. But yet, these were men that were running. These were men that had no place to go. These were men that nobody else wanted anything to do with. But yet they became heroes and became men of valor. Let me tell you a little bit about some people that I know about. That I can pronounce their names better than those. I can tell you about Chelsea Hughes that was looking at six years in prison and everybody had washed their hands with her. Who is now a licensed minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Who has worked here for four years. Who has led a number of people to Jesus Christ. Or about a girl from Houston, Texas named Brittany that had nothing but came to Abdulam seeking peace and seeking rest. And has not only ministered to Girls and Teen Challenge here, but has also went to Ireland and ministered to Girls and Teen Challenge over there. Or what about the Tammies or the Tracys or the Cassies that came searching for what they knew not, just a cause. And then I can tell you about several others that are here right now that God has a great plan for their lives. To go out and to proclaim the good news. Some of them may proclaim those good news to their babies to their husbands. But some are going to become mighty warriors, mighty preachers for the Gospel of Jesus Christ. They may never wield a spear or a sword as in the way we think, but they will wield the sword of the Lord. God has a plan for them. And they came to Abdullah seeking it. We need to get to a place, church, where we say, come, just as you are, all of you, come. Come into this cave of Abdullah. Come to this place of justice for the people. Thanks again for listening. If you enjoyed this message and would like to know more about this ministry or consider supporting, please visit teenchallengeuc.org.